G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. In this present evil world, there is a lot of concentrated, malevolent spiritual forces. In 2 Corinthians, we're going to learn how to contend with them and overcome. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. And we're going to now deal with the wheat versus the tares, the true versus the false, the genuine brethren versus the counterfeit ones. It's a reality. It's not a pleasant thing, but we do ourselves no favors avoiding this topic. And as a matter of fact, what is written in 2 Corinthians, which is God's word, is given for our benefit, not just so that we can survive, but we can thrive, that we can succeed by hearing and doing the words of Jesus and, for that matter, the word of the Lord. We are going to be dealing with 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 21. And our lesson is entitled, Contending Over false apostles. Let me just read a little bit from this segment. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. This is sober and it's heavy, but it's needful. Just remember that people can put on an act to be contrary to what they really are. In other words, they can be deceitful workers, but they can masquerade as ministers of righteousness. And it's interesting, Paul calls them the deceitful workers who become the apostles of Christ. This is rather remarkable, but in a sense it's not, because Satan himself knows how to transform into an angel of light. And there's some rather interesting descriptions of Satan found in Scripture. He was the anointed cherub who covered until iniquity was found in him. So let's not be gullible or naive, because gullibility, naivete, easily offended, all these things are part of immaturity, which is okay when you're young, but it has no place when you are of age and need to take responsibility. Failure to grow up or to launch, as it were, can have some dire consequences. Now, he goes on to say that these false workers are going to be judged ultimately by God 
according to their works. And then with this in mind, Paul speaks about he that he is not a fool. He is going to have to do what he normally doesn't do, and that's explain himself and his ministry and the great apostolic work he's done so that you can understand how these others are nothing but phonies. Remember the analogy. Whenever there's a flood of counterfeit currency on the market, what you need to do is not learn every kind of variation of the true currency, but to become so familiar with the true currency, you can pick out the faults from a mile away. That's what Paul is doing here. He has to explain his apostolic ministry so that they will understand what the true version is and that the ones that are Corinth causing trouble are the false ones. He is not a fool. As I said, this is unusual because he normally doesn't have to talk about himself and That's why he talks about many are boasting of secular and silly things, so he's going to boast about who he is in Christ. And he chides them for being ridiculously tolerant of others, the phony ones. They put up with fools. They accept bondage, defrauding, and so on. Well, it's time to grow out of these things, to be noticing the difference of weak and bold. He says that although I may appear as weak, I, was too weak, I wasn't too weak to play this kind of game. However, when it comes to being bold, I will deliver. Paul, as part of his true mantle, is going to shine forth as a star. Let's read now the passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 21. Again, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 to 21. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exult himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak, howbeit, Wherein soever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. This is Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 21. Well, let's start with the false apostles here. They're called deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. This is a devilish transformation, Second Corinthians eleven thirteen. And by the way, our lesson is entitled, Contending with false apostles. Here in verse 13, Paul explains the true apostle as well as he's going to go into detail about the false apostles. He calls them deceitful workers who somehow, abracadabra, translate themselves into apostles of Christ. I would go as far as to say that these phonies do such a good job of impersonating a real apostle, they could receive an Academy Award. Remember, All of Paul's boasting is to expose false 
apostles, since they are in it for gain, not the loss that Paul experienced. Hirelings are in it for the money, and when the heat is on, they're off. Never forget that principle. Hirelings will flee, but the true shepherd contends for the sheep. Paul is a true shepherd. The false apostles are not. Then he goes on to say, it's no surprise in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that these false apostles try to make themselves as apostles of Christ for the simple reason that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, he talks about these people being from the devil without even flinching, no hesitation. Now, I know it doesn't sound very nice to say somebody who you disagree with is of the devil. And frankly, we would never, ever, ever encourage that kind of speech unless you are led of the Holy Spirit. Remember, when you are led of the Holy Spirit, it is perfectly lawful, even if it's unconventional. And remember that being led by the Holy Spirit will never contradict the written Word of God. For the simple reason, it's the Holy Spirit who inspired the written Word of God to begin with. God does not contradict himself. So if you're led by the Holy Spirit and have to call the spade a spade, then by all means do. There can be a price for that, but ultimately God will pay that price on your behalf. God will reward you for your faithfulness. Yes, I know we don't oftentimes call people as being from the devil or calling what people do as evil, especially in this culture of political correctness. But, you know, in a culture war, one side has no problem calling the other side evil and trying to take the moral high ground, even when they aren't very moral people to begin with. So we see a lot of contradictions in our world, and that's to be expected. But when it comes to God, there is no contradiction. Everything is functional. Everything is principle-based. Everything is righteous, and God rewards righteousness in his timing and in his way, and God will punish the unrighteousness that happens so commonly in our world. So Satan is behind these false apostles. They emulate the great deceiver who knows how to masquerade as an angel of light. In the Bible, he comes across as the subtle serpent and also as a roaring lion, in addition to being as he is here in 2 Corinthians 11, an angel of light. Satan's purpose, and thereby, by extension, the false apostles, is to deceive and to destroy as many people as possible. John chapter 10, verse 10 is clear. Jesus says that he comes, the thief comes, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That, of course, is Satan's modus operandi. So let's go to verse 15. Of 2 Corinthians 11. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. It is not to be considered remarkable that Satan's ministers will, shall we say, put on the front of being ministers of righteousness. They have learned from their trickery by the master deceiver himself. Their final destiny will be according to their works. That is what the great white throne judgment will be about in Revelation chapter 20. In the great white throne judgment, the books will be opened and people will be judged according to their works. We believe the great white throne judgment is for the unbeliever as the judgment seat of Christ is for 
the believer. These are two separate events. So let's go on from here. Paul is not a fool. And he says so in verse 16. I say again, let no man think me a fool, if otherwise yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. What is he saying here? I am now going to do what I normally don't do and really don't even want to do, even if it makes me, figuratively speaking, look like a fool. So what is Paul going to do to make him look like a fool? I will have to describe and defend what I do as an apostle. As my light shines from Christ, it will expose the false workers, the false apostles, the false brethren for who they really are. Again, get to know the real currency note so that you can discern the counterfeit. Paul is giving us that opportunity by explaining in vivid detail the price he paid to be an apostle of Christ. There will be some some very unusual circumstances here. In verse 17, that which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confident boasting. This unusual verse is due to unusual circumstances. Normally, Paul would not bother to speak about what he does, which would seem like boasting, but the false apostle's obnoxious and obstinate behavior compels him to speak out. Normally, he doesn't want to know anyone after the flesh or become immodest, but the false ones now force his hand to tell of his qualifications and sufferings for the gospel, something they completely lack. Remember, ultimately, nothing of great value comes without paying a price. Paul did it and the false apostles did not. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 11, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. Glory, of course, here means to boast. Many people boast about things that are worldly, secular, and silly. So Paul is about to boast or talk about who he is in Christ. It really is an impressive resume, to say the least. But part of the resume, which we'll read later, is the unbelievable suffering this apostle went through. I mean, it would wear out anybody just reading it, let alone experience it. But by that's for later. 2 Corinthians eleven nineteen. For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. Suffer here means to allow. And basically... There's the irony in the statement. The Corinthians, being in a land, namely Greece, that values wisdom, believe they are wise. However, their tolerance of false brethren shows them to be fools. Likewise, they seem to be too thick to realize that Paul is no fool, but supremely wise. Again, the Greeks seek after wisdom. These Corinthians are confused then on the counterfeit versus the genuine. That's why Paul says that they would put up with fools gladly. And as we get into 2 Corinthians eleven twenty, we're going to see that they show ridiculous tolerance. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. So what's happening here? He's talking about basically that these false teachers are basically mauling them, abusing them, taking from them, 
and they hardly seem to notice. Hardly you get a squeak out of them. And yet when it comes to Paul doing genuine, legitimate ministry, there's all the whinging and complaining. The apostle illustrates how the silly Corinthians truly are. They gladly put up with fools. They accept bondage, the devouring of their substance, the defrauding of their possessions, the self-exaltation of these false apostles. They're even being tolerant of being slapped in the face. Now, the false apostle or apostles may have been what we call Judaizing teachers. This is a phrase that talks about trying to force people as Christian Gentile believers, especially new ones, that they have to keep the whole law of Moses in order to have salvation. Another way of putting Judaizing tendencies of the first century is you basically have to become a Jew before you become a Christian. And this is a notion that Paul fought tooth and nail. You can read this in the wonderful epistle of Galatians. So basically, what false teachers do is bring people into bondage. You can read that in Galatians 4, 9, and 5. And the ministry of a true apostle, a true servant of God, is to bring people into liberty, not bondage. He or they devoured substance, made long prayers, pretended to have a connection with Abraham, and the slap on the face may be figurative, speaking about the superior air of these supposed Jews who are supposed to be Christians. And this is in contrast to the common Gentile Corinthian. Our final verse, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians 11, to our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly. I am also bold. When Paul says he's weak, what he says is, I'm too weak to be devouring and slapping on the face and defrauding and self-exalting. That's what he's saying. And unlike these elitist false apostles who look down on you Gentiles, I was too weak to play that kind of game. Yes, I have much going for me, but I'm not looking down on anyone, especially those who have been birthed into Christ. But if you want to have boldness, I'm going to deliver both barrels. So this is our passage for today. And our lesson, entitled Contending Over False Apostles, leads us to the lesson for life. The lesson for life is one of the surest tests of a genuine or false brother is that the real one will pay the price and the other will not. To take the title of Christian or apostle without paying the price is to be a robber. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, articles on the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us discernment of the true versus the false brethren. As much as this is not a pleasant subject, we need to know it's out there. Just like going swimming in a crocodile-infested river. We need to know, and we need to act accordingly. Teach us to do so with joy, with love, and with grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.